Yo, welcome back to another Transfer Portal CFB podcast. As we're presented by No Context CFB. Today, we're honestly just strictly straight up only talking about the upcoming draft that's literally in a few days. We're super excited for this. We can't wait to dive into it all week as we'll be streaming and posting spaces probably and streaming during the draft too. We'll be doing that on um, Thursday and Friday, so look out for that. You'll have Andrew and myself as well as some other people talking about every pick, uh, possibly eating some baked beans with raw sugar. That might be on the table. So Roger McCreary super excited for it. But, yeah, we're, we're going to try and do a bunch of stuff during the, during the live stream and have some good content hopefully but for now excited to talk some draft with mr andrew wilson what's up man how are you doing it's draft week you know someone should make a sequel to draft day and just call it draft week that movie would hit draft week or just how about just draft process and it's just the entire year or you know what just just vlogs like a random gm's entire life yeah we'll do 365 days from Leading up to the draft from literally the second that this draft ends until the next draft, I think I think we're going to have to have to uh, contact Mr. Markey and then uh, get this over to Disney or something. I think we've got some of the good irons. You know, we have the ideas. We just need the, uh, the execution from the movie industry. That's for sure. All right, so let's just get straight into this. We'll try and make this a rather quick episode because, again, we have a bunch of stuff coming this week for draft stuff. All right, let's get into it. What team is in the best spot to shock people? I guess I'm just going to go first, Liam. Yeah. All right. Um, well, the, the division I have my eye on, I'm, I'm not even just going to say one team. I'm going to take an entire division. The NFC North, uh, outside of Chicago. I mean, if, if Chicago moves up into the first round, I can – talk about them but no one cares about Chicago right now that's a disgusting franchise that will not help their young quarterback develop and flourish so let's talk about the rest of the NFC North speaking of disgusting franchises let's start with Detroit the second and the 32nd pick I mean the biggest surprise right now would be Malik Willis at two not that it would be a bad pick just after everybody saying oh this isn't a great uh, draft class for quarterbacks for the last however many months just for one to go at the second overall position would be a bit of a shock, even though I would like the pick outside of, you know, Malik Wills ending up in Detroit, that would be kind of unfortunate for him, but you know what? Bigger contract, good for him to earn that. And then the 32nd pick, if they don't go quarterback at two, they can easily go in at 32. Maybe Matt Corral falls. Maybe they love Sam Howell. Maybe they love Desmond Ritter. One of those quarterbacks is on the board. Liam is chuckling as I say Sam Howell. I was waiting I've, for you to say it. Yeah. That's the pick I've been saying for the last few months. The Lions on Sam Howell just seems like a match made in heaven as, you know, Dan Campbell is to Pike Place or Pike Roast Coffee from Starbucks is Sam Howell to chicken nuggets. So maybe they have like sure. kneecap nuggets that they can feed him and get him on the, the right diet in Detroit. But yeah, it, Detroit needs a quarterback. Jared Goff is the definition of mediocrity. They need to get off him as soon as possible. Not this year, most likely because they will be taking on a rookie quite possibly. And then you look at the other positions outside of quarterback because there are, you know, occasionally some quarterbacks that aren't taken. Uh, so let's talk about edge rusher. Second overall, Trevon Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson. Any of those could be the pick. Even Sauce Gardner 
at two has gotten a lot more steam. And then the 32nd position, you could be, you could be looking at a linebacker like a Quay Walker, like a Nicobe Dean from Georgia. Uh, I would probably assume Quay Walker at this point uh, over Nicobe Dean, which is a little surprising seeing that even last month you saw Nicobe Dean having a consistent first round mock grade. And now it seems to be more going towards Quay Walker because he has the more ideal size and athleticism. But yeah, Detroit is definitely a team that could surprise with quarterback, especially Minnesota could not go defensive back possibly if they don't love any of the defensive backs on the board, assuming sauce Hamilton and Stingley are all off the board. Maybe they're not super high on uh, Trent McDuffie from Washington. Maybe they're not super high on Andrew Booth and maybe they take a wide receiver. One thing I would love to see is Justin Jefferson on the same offense as Jamison Williams. That would turn heads and that would make Kirk Cousins a really freaking good quarterback if he had those two weapons to throw to. And he's also got Adam Thielen for this year and he's got Dalvin Cook. That Minnesota offense, as long as they can, you know, make sure that offensive line isn't bad, that would be a fun offense to watch with Kevin O'Connell being the new head coach. And then you've got Green Bay. Green Bay in the first round could possibly not take a wide receiver. It's not out of the question. Just because they have a need at wide receiver doesn't mean they're going to take one. If, say, they take an offensive guard and a slot slash safety like a Jalen Petrie, social media would blow up and I would be all here for it. As I mean, I'm a Packers fan. I've been watching them my entire life. I would love for that to happen because that would be the best night on social media in draft history. Look, man. I was just shocked that you didn't leave with Sam Howell for that Lions 32nd pick and you dropped Crowell first. That shocked me. And two, not to like promote something else that we're doing, but our the pick is in series. It, it, it blows my mind every single day that your Vikings pick wasn't Jameson Williams and you went Drake London. Like it just, I, I'm baffled by it. You're so much higher on J-Mo. Uh, yeah, but at that time, I was also more open to the fact of Drake London being the first or second wide receiver off the board. I thought some people may still be spooked about the injury to Jameson. Now I'm more open to like, okay, Jamo could easily be WR2. He's easily in that stock range where he could be between t- picks 10 and 15. And Drake London could be that one wide receiver out of the top four to possibly fall the most out of those four. No, that's a good point. For the team that I, – look, I didn't go with the whole division. I only went with one team that's in the best spot to shock people. I, I will just go at three with Houston because I do think that this is a spot where they could shock people as in if they really like someone, I think they're just going to take them, take them at three. I mean, there is buzz surrounding Derek Stingley Jr. being the pick at three. There's a bit of buzz there. And, and a lot of people are going to say, why not just trade down? Go try and create two. Go try and find Houston a trade partner with this third pick. Who is going to move up to three to get? I, I don't know. Maybe it's Kayvon that they're moving up for, or they're securing one of the offensive linemen. I don't know, or or Sauce. But you, you know, try and find a good trade partner for Houston and let me know what you find because I have not found that trade partner. I think that they'll be taking Kayvon Sauce or Stingley here, and if they take Stingley. It wouldn't really shock either of us. I think it more kind of just stun us that it really is happening. And it like it really got smoked into fruition, right? Or whatever his thing is. But this would shock 99.9% of the people watching the draft would be Stingley 3 to Houston. So that's why I went with. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen it over the last few days, especially the steam is 
rolling with Houston to possibly shock people. And you know what? I, I know Liam is very high on taking Stingley this high. And I like Stingley taking this high too. If you truly believe in getting him back to his 2019 form and beyond, take him. He's a, he's in a, he's a special player. He's a special athlete. He's a special talent. It's just making sure he stays healthy. That's the biggest thing with him. I Hey, see, Bruin agrees with me. Bruin is a very talented talent evaluator, especially for a dog. All right, man. But what about a team that could, you know, kind of surprise with trading up or trading down? I don't know how many teams you've got here, if you've got a whole division or conference, but what's a team or two that you could see making the move? Yeah, well, I think the first team that we both know could move down is Washington. If Kyle Hamilton's not there at 11 and, you know, probably Stingley's gone, Sauce is gone, Wilson's gone, they would be a very likely candidate to move down from that 11 spot, try and get Olave a little bit later. We, we talked to John Kime. We've heard this. Kyle Hamilton would be the best pick for Washington. If he's not there, it's a likely trade down spot. But I kind of want to go to Kansas City. Kansas City is a team that just got a first-round pick for Tyreek Hill. And, I mean, would, would we be super surprised if they moved it again? No. Well, I when mean, you're picking back-to-back there, it's pretty yeah. likely that you're going to move one of them. We see it so much no matter what round it is. Yeah. And I think if we had to choose between the two picks to be moved, it would be 29. That makes mm-hmm. a little bit more sense. I mean, not only does it force the team that if you're either trading up or down, like say if you're trading – back and the, there's a new team at 29 they have to pay a little bit more on the contract so it just makes it a little bit more you know a little bit more of an incentive so if they move back into the second round that's where they could find a wide receiver maybe they love a, a safety maybe they love a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman kansas city could wait until the second round and get a guy like a george pickett's possibly Maybe they love John Mechie from Alabama. Maybe they love Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Maybe they just love receivers from the state of Alabama. We don't know, but Kansas City could very easily move off of one of those spots. And then I'm going to talk about them again. Green Bay. Green Bay could move up from 22. If Chris Olave falls past, I'll say, the first pick that I could realistically see him outside of Washington, which would be 15. He, he could go earlier, but 15 would be like the first really realistic spot for Olave. If he gets past there, what stops Green Bay from calling New Orleans and saying, hey, you have two picks. You suck as a franchise, so you're going to move with us. Green Bay and New Orleans have made trades before. Green Bay got a first-round pick from New Orleans a few years ago uh, that gave New Orleans, I believe, Marcus Davenport. Um, So Green Bay and New Orleans, they have this relationship. Green Bay's like, hey, what's up? Uh, we kind of want that 16th pick. All right. How much is it going to cost to move from 16 to 22? Third, maybe. Would you agree with that, Liam? From 16 to 22? Um, maybe I, a third and like a sixth? I think you'd be trading a three and a five and maybe getting back a six. Okay. Yeah. So a late round pick swap and a third. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair for six picks and green bay definitely has the capital to get that done i mean i believe they have 11 picks right now and they have i can double check right now but i believe they have five or six in the top 100 they have one two three four five in the top 100 they have 92 in the third round you put 92 you package it with maybe 140 or 171 and you get a six back 
to move up to 16 to solidify a guy that is rumored to be Aaron Rodgers' draft crush, get that done. That would be the easiest and most loved move the Green Bay Packers have made in the draft in quite some time. Rodgers, are we trading 22? It's it's good against in the front office. He knows he has no more leverage in this situation. He's like, Rogers, we retreating 22. We we've made so many drafted references over the last few podcasts. It's actually insane. But I, it's a realistic move. Green Bay could love Chris, not Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers could love Chris Olave. You get that deal done if it costs you a third. Oh, boo-hoo. You already have two second round picks and another first round pick. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Chris Olave in Green Bay. Like, ugh, how many jerseys get sold with that after a stellar? I might buy two. <laughs> buy, buy three. Yeah, throwback I'm, one. I'm gonna get a throwback to when, yep. when we have the the blue and the brown. That's a beautiful jersey. I'm gonna I get agree. the normal away and the normal home. Mm-hmm. So look, I cooked up a few deals as well. I like the idea of. I like the idea of the Giants moving down from seven for a team that holds picks five and seven. I like securing the guy that they that they have at the top of their board at five. I like moving seven to a team that might need it more. It's been heavily thought that the Giants will be trading one of these picks. Go move down the seven. I think a good trade partner. Look, I've talked about it with you. I think a good trade partner here is Houston at 13. I, again, a six-pick difference here. It's pretty easy to do. I think those are two teams that should look to make a deal. Um, the Giants would be in a pretty solid spot at 13, accumulate extra draft capital. That's great. Houston can move up to get their guy. I don't know who it is. Maybe they're going up to get Stingley there at seven, or maybe they're going up to get Garrett Wilson at seven. I don't know. Or maybe it's Kayvon that falls to seven for no reason. They're able to get Sauce at three and Kayvon at seven. Like, A++++ plus, plus, plus for this awful franchise if that were to happen. But I think those are two teams that can make a deal. And then I also think this one, I don't know how I haven't, I don't think I've talked about this one. I think 17 and 23, again, the three trades that we cooked up are all six pick differences. It's kind of the sweet spot, but I got the Los Angeles chargers moving down from 17, the Arizona Cardinals moving up from 23 Cardinals move up to secure that top receiver on their board. That's available, right? They're going to move up for a receiver here. The Chargers are going to move down. That's going to make it easier for them to take an interior defense alignment 23, accumulate extra draft capital. I think those are – or whatever position the Chargers want to address at 23. But I think those are two teams that would be uh, good trading partners. Yeah, I mean, especially looking at who Arizona would be jumping if they were to go wide receiver. You're jumping Green Bay. You're jumping, you're jumping New England. You're jumping Pittsburgh, who realistically right now, I mean, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, outside of that, what, James Washington? They could No, James Washington's in Dallas. It's Rico oh, he... Fossey. It's not actually Rico. I do like Rico, though. But... Yeah, I, I forgot about that whole James Washington thing. Didn't Des Bryant predict that? Yeah, does does got the script from Goodell. Uh, and then you're jumping New Orleans at 19, they could go receiver. Philly at 18, they could go receiver. I mean, they're jumping a bunch of receiver needy teams, probably less so with Pittsburgh. But yeah, that would be a great spot. And Los Angeles would be getting better value at 23. That's the that's my favorite word when it comes to the draft is value. Getting a defensive tackle at 17, not great value, especially if they're looking at a guy like Jordan Davis at 23. 
I'm more open to it. Mm-hmm. And it's all about who even falls there because I maybe they maybe they're taking the receiver at 23, or maybe they're they're more comfortable taking Penning there at 23 as opposed to 17. Uh, Devontae Wyatt they could get at 23 as opposed to like I I just think that that move bodes well for them. And we'll wrap this up with one player that we see getting into the late first round. It happens all the time in the draft. There's players that go in the late first round, more so for their athletic traits and that the, the allure of their athleticism talent and all that stuff. So who's one guy that you think might sneak into the end of the first round that would surprise a lot of draft viewers? Well, you talk about could sneak in. I, I have three players written down that are like sometimes mocked in the first. It's not like a common thing. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll just speed through these. I think Tyler Smith from Tulsa, the tackle. The tackle class outside of the top, I'd say four, is very hit or miss, depending on who do you think is five, six, seven, eight, nine. So Tyler Smith could be very high on one team's boards that needs a tackle and they like him. That could be a pick. I think Christian Watson, he's been more consistently mocked in first rounds, especially since the, the combine. But he he could not just be a late first. He could go as high as like 22. If Green Bay took him at 22, I would be not shocked by any freaking means. He's athletic, large stature from a small school. That screams Green Bay Packer. And then the last one uh, kind of touched on him a little earlier, Quay Walker, the linebacker from Georgia. A little bit of a change ever since we've been kind of thinking it's going to be Devin Lloyd one and then Nicobe Dean two kind of switched. I think we're going to start seeing more people think it's going to be Quay Walker. I think that's already kind of happened. And a team that could do it is 32. Detroit kind of already talked about it. Quay Walker could go 32. Quay Walker could possibly, I mean, I don't think Green Bay goes linebacker, especially in the first rounds, but Detroit at 32 is a really ideal spot for a linebacker, especially like Quay Walker right here. I feel like there's been a lot of prospect fatigue with Nakobe Dean as well. Yeah. I there's honestly, we're we're gonna just spitball ideas right now on the podcast. You know what, whatever, but we could make a video about um people who have gotten prospect fatigue. I, I think that because that's been a very prominent topic this this year, especially because we had the the no doubt number one player in the country midway through the season. Now pe- some people think he falls out of the top five to seven. There's, I mean, you have it with Kayvon, with Hamilton, with. Oh, someone's sorry to cut you off, but I saw someone that I'm not going to lie. Don't trust at by any means. I, I saw someone on Twitter say that Kyle Hamilton could fall out of the top 15. I laughed. Yeah, that's just there's not, no way that happens. Not happening. Um, I, I won't say who it is because it's just shock value. But no, but there definitely are a good decent amount. Uh, a good decent amount. There's a decent amount of prospect fatigue players. I think. Yeah. Look, I neither of us have ever liked them, but Bernard Ryman is definitely in there with the prospect. Yeah prospect fatigue i know some outlets were saying that this guy's like you know is gonna rise up and be a top 10 pick now he's consistent mid second round like i don't know what that was ever all about but you could even say falele because people the big thing people are worried about is his movement that's not his worry like he is six foot eight 387 and he's actually really athletic for that size and I'm not just saying that because I'm a gopher. He's actually really freaking athletic for a guy his size. You you watched him at his pro day. I mean, he jumped. Wow. 
you also got to remember this dude is almost 400 pounds. That's people say 400 pounds. Yeah. That's a big tackle. No, 400 pounds is pretty freaking big. (laughs) I think another guy too. Um, I feel like Isaiah Likely has suffered a lot of prospects. He has – Isaiah Likely was probably at the senior bowl consistent tight end two, and then Greg Dolchich appeared. More people are getting higher on Jeremy Rucker. A lot of people like Kate Otten. Probably the biggest riser of the tight end class has been Jelani Woods from Virginia. His six, seven frame with that massive amount of athleticism, probably going to see him being one of the first two or three tight ends off the board at this point. He might Mm -hmm. be first. The, um, the prospect I went with to rise into that first round, again, all about the traits, the athleticism. I like the fit, too. I love the idea of the Cincinnati Bengals taking Tariq Woolen at 31. I don't know if they will do it. I might do it in my mock just, just to be that guy who calls it. But I really like that fit. They've been meeting with him a good bit. They're really high on him, supposedly. They are going to address this cornerback room. Um, if that's that's a, a given, right? So maybe maybe they're unable to make a move back and they end up taking Woolen at 31. I feel like that's a pick that would have a lot of people in shock and awe as well. So that that's what I went with. Yeah, that, that's definitely a possibility. Woolen is such an athletic corner, especially at his size. Was he the tallest person this year to run a 40 like under four three it was just it like two be. people it had to be the only other person that ran super fast that was a super tall was jelani or six foot are, four, are we considering amari so. barno super tall i don't know he's like what six three ish i mean woolen six foot four and he's golly his legs barno six four crazy and all yeah I think I think Woolen's going to rise up. I think I think Woolen will be a top forty-five pick. Yeah, I mean, especially looking at this year's corner class, outside of the top, I'd say five, which is probably consistent top five with Sauce, Stingley, Booth, Elam, and uh, McDuffie. You've got McCreary. He could go. I, I think he's kind of he's also kind of a guy that's gotten a little bit of fatigue if you mm-hmm. think about it because he had a lot of first round mocks and now you don't see him at all he's probably more mid-second right now you know what maybe he was the baked beans and sugar probably probably was that yeah i mean i don't know how you fit that into a consistent diet plan with a team but you know what maybe there's some magic baked bean that's like the best thing for you but it just tastes so rancid you have to put sugar on it maybe that's we'll it. find maybe. out soon enough hey we will but then you've got uh, like Kyler Gordon from Washington. He could go high. Tariq Woolen. Uh, and then you probably get into the more third round, maybe super late second, like a Martin Emerson or a Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest, too. When we were talking about the teams, the best shot people, I forgot to list one of mine. <laughs> oh, that's kind of. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could blame that on Bruin, though. No, can't blame Bruin. That's That's on you. Yeah, that's but, on me. But go ahead. I, okay. I will allow it. All right. All right. The Panthers at six. Who knows what on earth oh, they are yeah. going to do at six? I think this one is pretty much a layup to predict that it's going to be a mess. Um, yeah. Are they taking quarterback at six? No. 
Okay, well, what if Malik Willis is there and they straight up took Kenny Pickett over? <laughs> okay, I you know what I'm we're I'm going off on a tangent. I'm sorry, but why, 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 why do people think Kenny Pickett is better than Malik Willis? I don't know. I, I, like it's it doesn't make sense. I don't understand why people can mock Kenny Pickett six and the Malik Willis twenty. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. They have like, no understanding I, of upside or the value of of the two quarterbacks and their differentials. Like, yeah, like I'm all for people having different opinions than me. I encourage it because a lot of my opinions are very different. But Kenny Pickett, and I'm probably one of the only people that can say this. I loved Kenny Pickett going into the season, so I can say this. Kenny Pickett's not a great NFL prospect. Like – he doesn't prov- he doesn't make your ceiling as a team higher. He is I mean, he could be like Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, but he I doesn't just, change your franchise's outlook. I think pick is up. It's like I don't see anything to really hate on, and I don't really see anything to really gush over. Like I just yeah. think he's 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 jack, he's a jack. He's just a guy. Yeah. I mean, he's athletic, he's accurate, he's got an arm. What 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 wows me? Like he he is the definition. He invented of, an uh, NCAA rule. He, you know what? Are they calling that the picket rule? They have they to. Have to. I mean, no one else ever has done a fake slide, especially at that high magnitude game with the ACC championship. It really was nuts. But look, we we should wrap this up before we get way too off track. No, I like going on tangents. This is okay, fun. No, we could go way too off track, and we have a bunch of stuff that we're doing all week with draft coverage, streams, spaces, more streams, videos, articles, more streams, content. Yeah, all that stuff. Be prepared yep. for it. And it all leads up to the draft stream special on Thursday night. And we're also doing one on Friday because we mm-hmm. love day two as well. Live. <laughs> From our own Live. remote studios. Oh, what do you mean? I'm going to be, I mean, actually, you know what? Liam Blutman is going to be live from Las Vegas, Nevada. I flew down to Vegas just for the event. Yep. He is going to be live from Vegas. I will be at my home studio and we will have Matt uh, Townsend as well. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I have a lot of stuff planned and it, it's going to be the best draft stream. Trust me on that one. I mean, I get we could kind of say that. If I mean, we can be. say it, but yeah, we we, we also know it. who else streams, and it's like, yeah, it's well, kind of unfair. If you, if you want a draft streaming experience to watch, where you're actually able to interact with the hosts and feel more yeah. a part of the stream, then come watch us because we'll be we'll be uh, talking to people all throughout the stream. We might bring people on into our call to talk with us. I think that could be fun. Would love to have people come into the call when their team is on the board and yeah, making a pick like that'd be fun. But, uh, it, yeah. it would be it would be very funny to see a Jets fan break down after they draft. Um, Caleb L will be at ten. Hmm. I think that would only make them happier, honestly. Wow, really just Zach Wilson disrespect right there. No, the Caleb LB experience is what it is. Um, so, so, so you just want to be the new quarterback factory? Yeah, but no, I want the cornerback factory in Houston. That's why I want But again, <laughs> Liam we... wants sauce at three and Stingley at seven. Yeah, I do. I really do. And, and you can hear more about that all week. Please make sure to like this video. 
um do the other stuff on the other podcast platforms like spotify and apple i'm not sure what you do there follow it or whatever give it a thumbs up i don't know subscribe to our youtube though that's super important yeah thumbs up just subscribe to our youtube uh 2023 draft content soon too i know crazy yep. i'll literally already focused already have video record for 2023 so we're working on that um yeah thank y'all goodbye